Good morning. I will start with a question. Have you ever prepared for something with much discipline, earnestly, covering all your bases? You prepared a plan to then see it fall apart, interrupted by an unexpected, uninvited situation. Or for it to fail. Or maybe not even take off. A storm on the wedding day. And it's a beach wedding. Yes, I know there's a black, uh, backup plan, but... An alarm clock that doesn't go off because you set it up but left it on p.m. rather than a.m. My first Sunday with you was July 7th, Saturday evening, July 6th. I put the alarm, my cell phone, four times. 5 a.m., 5.15, 5.30, 6. And then the backup plan, my, David, uh, my husband's cell phone. <laughs> Just in case. I'm down to three. Two on my cell phone and one on his. Running late to your destination, and you end up behind someone who appears distracted at the traffic light for they don't take off when it turns green. These are many, uh, a few of the examples that I would consider lightweight frustrations. And sure, they can escalate to more, but I'm going to consider them lightweight frustrations. So those are real. And then I'm going to ask again, have you ever planned for life? You've planned, you've done your due diligence for something with much effort and discipline and love. You anticipated, you expected a certain outcome. Makes sense considering all the preparation and the planning leading up to it. And then you see it derail. Or you see it being delayed painfully. Or it just slips through your hands. Who are we when that is happening in our lives? Who do we become? Who do we remain? Who are we in those realities? What is left of us, depending on the situation? What is left of you? Do we wonder, who are we? It becomes a, a question of identity, even. Who am I now? What does this all mean? And then the unending why questions. 
In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to read with me a biblical text. But I believe I need to present to you just a little window into the lives of the recipients, the first original recipients of that word. Because I believe it expands our perspective. It attests that the word of God does not shy away from addressing incomprehensible life accounts. It addresses it. It gets involved. So in the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, it's long. One of the longest, right there with Psalms. Many theologians and scholars and researchers consider this book one of the best biblical narratives that discloses and connects what happened with the why it happened. So the prophet Jeremiah leads during a time in history when the people of Judah have been enduring the destruction of their city of Jerusalem. And in the midst of that hardship, many of the leaders, the citizens, people, felt the need for safety, among other things, to leave. They lived through terrible defeats as a nation and the history as recorded here and history at large will affirm to you and verify that there was more hardship to come. They knew that. They were anticipating a long journey. So there was despair. There was defeat. Many lost their faith. Many lost their way. Many, due to the survival mode, had to mistrust one another to make sure, you know, look out for yourself. Many mistrusted God. Where is God? Many people had to find their life in this new and difficult situation as, in a way, the new norm. Please. Picture them. Picture that scenario. I need you to hold to that picture as we're going to get into the reading of it. So picture that. Picture the possibility at that moment. And yes, picture yourself. So in the midst of that, God's prophet Jeremiah speaks to the people and he says, Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14. It's on the screen. And most of your pews have the NRSV translation, which is the same on the screen. I believe there's something to opening the text and looking and feeling the pages and the words. So if you want to, and there's one available to you, it's page 731. NRSV. It'll be page 731. So you have the picture of the reality. 
And then this man says to the people, God says, Jeremiah, I want you to say the following to the people in those circumstances. Here we go. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Amen. Good news, right? Picture the, the reality. Think of your own. Good news, right? Too good. Too good. Too good to be true. When you're in the midst of that, that doesn't make sense because it's not the reality. I have to believe that some had to say with that disbelief, have you seen what's been happening to us, Jeremiah? The word reminds us that living by faith is complex and it is hard. Here's a reality and that's what we are hearing and receiving. That's hard. That's complex. When we read the Bible, when we study the Bible, when we study the stories, when we dig deeper into the story, the context, the history, when we work through the interpretation, the theology, we will discover that the Bible skews our logical common understanding of the way things are or should be. There are many ways in which its revelation aligns or corresponds to what we would expect for well-being. Ah, yes, that makes sense. God is good all the time. Mm -hmm. But there are other plenty of realities here that are counterculture. Joy in the midst of sorrow. Does that actually make sense? Peace while in turmoil. What? Love your neighbor. Makes sense. Love your enemy. What? And it brings both into the conversation. That's what I mean by counterculture. It is counterculture as a follower of Jesus Christ to remain faithful while everything seems like a fraud. As early as in the beginning, in Genesis, God gave humanity the ability to take care of their creation. So, there is a need to prepare, folks. There is value in planning. There is a call to grow and expect a harvest. 
We are to be good stewards of our time, of our talents and treasures. God creates order. Then, as you may remember in Genesis, God's order is distorted and disordered. So life becomes really complex. And brokenness is part of life needing divine repair. And by the grace of God, God does that, and he brings reorder, we call redemption. That's Genesis. That's at the very beginning. God promised the goodness, love, and hope will prevail. So I just alluded to the original, to the very first words of God, who, who said, fruitfulness, blessing will prevail. Then I'm just going to hint to you to the very end of the book, literally, the last two chapters in Revelations, and I'm going to read this to you. It says, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. The one seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. I am the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and Omega. You see how from the beginning all the way to the end, the word prevails. You and I are in the midst of all of this. But the word prevails. So, there are crosses for us to bear. and to bear for a duration. And unfortunately, many times too long, too difficult. But Jesus carried the cross for all and that ultimately, restoration, love, healing, life will prevail. So although long is maybe a long time, forever is longer. So hold on to this passage as a promise for your crosses to bear. God's plans work out in the end. So here's the challenge for you to take with you and share with someone. And there's a lot of difficulties in our room today. Plan to trust God. Prepare for that day. Prepare by deciding and committed to, committing to trust God with your whole life, particularly the difficult seasons of your life. These words were given to people that were in full despair. And God says, in the end, despair will not get the last word. Brokenness and illness and frailty will not get the last word. God has the last word. And God has your life. And nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. So plan, 
Plan your life and plan to trust your planning to God. We make mistakes. Other people's mistakes affect us. And many realities just don't make sense. It's no one to blame. Just don't make sense. No rationale makes enough sense for many things. So hold on to this, although it's counterculture. Good planning usually involves answering quite a few questions. For example, the who, even in an essay, by the way, the students can affirm this, the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and the hows. Right? That's a good research. You covered all your bases. And based on the goal, the answers to all of those questions vary. For example, a college student plans what major, who do they want to be, where will they attend, how they're going to pay it, when are they going to go. It's covering all those questions. That same person, years later, is going to use those same kind of questions for a different situation. Let's say marriage. Who am I going to marry? When am I going to marry? When will we marry? How are we going to do it, right? And then the next situation in life, you ask the same questions. And the answers vary. But when it comes to God, that answer never varies. Never. Who are you going to run to? When are you going to go to God? Every time. How? This text, verses 12 through 14, said, pray, seek me, find me. You recall that. It tells us the how, the when, the where. Why? Because God loves us and has said he will give us a future with hope. For everything in life, when nothing else, hold on to God's promise because he covers all of it. When understanding comes short, hold on to the promise. For the Lord has spoken and is giving you this promise. And God's promise prevails. Amen. So I leave you with this. As we prepare to our last act of worship, I believe the song is Whole Heart. Plan with God. Please collaborate. Seek his direction for your life. Plan with God. And when plans are delayed or disrupted or interrupted, trust in God's plan. Many things have a reason. Many other things do not. But sin or death, as we just sang, does not hold on forever. Take this promise. Share with a person that you love, that you, or believe that you need to share. How do you live into this promise? 
Definitely share with someone who's not there yet. And it doesn't make sense. Acknowledge that it is complex and difficult. But hold on, brothers and sisters, for surely God has a plan for us and that ultimately is of eternal life and hope. And hold on when it doesn't look that way. Amen. Amen. Join me in prayer. Your word, God, says that you don't plan, you don't will for harm to hurt us. And yet we hurt, and yet there's brokenness, and yet there's illnesses, and yet there's death in our midst, there's sin. So God, we understand certain things and others we just will never understand. Lord, you know our hearts. If there's anyone who is in a place in their life where they, hope is just lost, I ask that you may reach out with your tender grace and or use a brother or sister in your name to give him a breath and give her a breath of hope. That when it's hard and although it's hard, Lord, may it, it's not in vain. You've never left our side. Jesus, you, bear, you bore that cross for us. And suffering is a reality in our midst. So thank you for salvation. Creating us a new heart. Amend our hearts. Free our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.